You are listening to So You Want to Read Tolkien, a podcast that goes through each of J.R.R. Tolkien's main works, chapter by chapter, and discusses them in a most ridiculous manner. One does not simply walk into Mordor. I would cut off your head, dwarf, if it stood but a little higher from the ground. We've had one, yes. What about second breakfast? Yeah, Till at last I threw down my enemy and smote his ruin upon the mountainside. What's happening out there? Shall I describe it to you? Or would you like me to find you a box? Now, don't be hasty, Master Miriado. Is this new devil right? Hello and welcome to our drunk episode. It's either the third or the fourth. We are not sure. <laughs> and I'm... I mean, it has to be the fourth, right? Because drunk Silmarillion, drunk Hobbit... Drunk Fellowship and now Drunk Two Towers. You are right. I'm Caitlin and I'm drinking. Oh my God, fuck this thing. Mimosa, (laughs) if I can get it. Oh, you're kidding me. She's trying to drink a mimosa. (sighs) Caitlin ruined her dramatic effect. It's okay, she can cut it out later. Cheers. That sounded so good. A little bit of a delay because it was a little more in there than I thought it was. (laughs) Uh, I'm Rachel and I'm just drinking straight champagne. Cheers. Cheers. Can I just like... There we go. <laughs> yeah, nice. I'm Emmy, and I am drinking, as ever, a Moscow Mule. You do seem to gravitate towards the Moscow Mules. It's the signature Emmy drink. Yeah, they're really my favorite, and they're so easy to drink. And also, I have so much ginger beer, I can literally never drink anything else. But this is spiced ginger beer imported from Australia. Thank you, Ooh. Costco. Hmm, fancy. And we're recording this on a Saturday morning and doing a drunk Cheers. brunch Tolkien. So I hope everyone I can join us. drunk bitches. Yeah. <laughs> everyone can join us for a nice, a nice brunch. I've got some muffins. See, that's true brunch. I've got Valentine's Day cupcakes. I, I ate actual pasta because I didn't want to completely get fucked. <laughs> oh, I'm beyond that point now. Um, we also have an extra special guest for this drunk episode. We do. before the long pause i was like have these two conspired against me to do something but then i was like ah no of course it's just rachel well i'm sorry it's It's just golem precious there is something very wrong with us anyway so we have had three uh submissions for golem voices from our general populace do we want uh well, Let's yeah, just try let's playing it. one right now, because I actually don't know okay. if they've just recorded it or if there's an intro. Like, none of us have listened to these yet. It's going to be a big old surprise. Exciting. So this is Gollum from uh, Matthew, uh, my good friend from Eloquent Gushing. So I'm going to click on this and see if it fucking works. So you finally reached my favorite Gollum moment of Lord of the Rings. So I thought this was the one I should send in. So, hey, you, what are you up to? Nothing, nothing. Nice, master. I dare say. But where have you been to? Sneaking off and sneaking back, you old villain. Sneaking? Sneaking? 
Hobbit's always so polite, yes. Smeagol brings them up secret ways nobody else could find. Tired he is, thirsty he is. Yes, thirsty. He guides them, he searches for paths, and they say, Sneak! Sneak! Very nice, friends. Oh, yes, my precious. Very nice. I'm sorry, but you startled me out of my sleep, and I shouldn't have been sleeping. And that made me a bit sharp. But Mr. Fraudal, he's that tired, I have asked him to have a wink. And, well, that's how it is. Sorry. But where have you been to? Sneaking. <laughs> my God, that was so good! I was going to say, I kind of hate it because it's actually good. <laughs> oh! Damn it, Matthew! Nailed it! You killed it. Also, Matthew, you've got a you've got a great reading voice. Yeah, that's just that's just ten out of ten. Yes. It's amazing how much better things sound when they're not in a vaguely Chicago area accent. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was so exciting! And also, I would agree with you of the Gollum moments. That's probably my favorite. Sneaking. <laughs> <laughs> What's sass, right? All right. How about we do some questions now, and then I'll throw in another one later. Sounds good. We asked. You asked. Everyone asked. Everyone asked. And we got some questions back. I actually really like this one at the top here. So let's let's start with that one. Let's start there. Sh- should I ask it? Okay. Or, <laughs> or, or I mean, whatever. <laughs> Kate Johnston asked on Twitter, what are the most outrageous pizza toppings in Minas Tirith? And obviously the answer to that is like orc pepperoni. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm over here with the passe like lambus bread. Have a pizza that makes you even more fill than pizza should. I think Fishes? someone else on Twitter, our friend Emma, said uh, man flesh is obviously the most outrageous <laughs> pizza topping in Ministerial. So not just weird and disturbing like mine, but straight up cannibalism. Yep. yep. <laughs> it's like maybe after the orcs arrived, would that make more or less sense? Oh, you know what? Oliphant. Mm. Oh, Gross. I bet there's like a whole black market in Oliphant tusks, especially after the war. Oh, right. Well, yeah, they're huge. But does that mean that they like flooded the market, and so then there's not as much of a? I don't understand business. Never mind. I mean, it depends if they were, you know, if only like one person um, corralled it. You know, we're talking, we're talking like Pacific Rim here, where yeah, you know you go harvest the kaiju, on... and then like one organization has gotten the stuff from this beast, and so they can completely control the market, and they have a monopoly on Oliphant tusks. I don't, you never really hear about Middle Earth having pianos, and I have absolutely no idea what else ivory is used for, or has been used Furn- for classically. Furniture, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> like, yeah. So I have been ever since this question was asked last night. I have been attempting to think of possible real pizza toppings, and all I can think of, like, what sort of food is mentioned in Middle Earth? And it's like, well, lembas bread, <laughs> right? And then I'm like. Can you eat king's foil? Like, can you eat the ethylus plant? Is that a thing? I know Aragorn sticks it in his mouth in the movie because he's dramatic, but I can't think of other foods that have been mentioned. And he's not eating it there. He just sticks it in his mouth and then puts it he on just Frodo. It. Yeah, he chews it into a paste. Weed. Um, we yeah, I mean, you could definitely, yeah, I bet they put... Weed, oh my um, God. We, we yeah. forgot the Long most obvious, leaf. cram. Cram! <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm really curious <laughs> if they like actually list all of the things that were served at Bilbo's party. Let's ask the internet. Bilbo's party? That's not going to come up with anything. 
Bjorn's honey nut cake served with Bilbo's orange marmalade, strawberry and banana French toast with sausage and bacon, Lambus bread. No, this is just a list of all of the food in Middle Earth. I mean, Thanks, internet. keep going. <laughs> Wait, what was that second one? The French toast, mm-hmm. which makes no sense because there are no French people in Arda, clearly. That should be Valar toast. Strawberry and banana French toast with sausage and bacon. Man, what overachievers cooking both meats. And to be fair, in England, French toast is called eggy bread, so I don't know why they wouldn't have just called it that. Eggy bread? It's Mary's mulled cider is on this list, which Mm. seems disingenuous. Has Mary drunk anything other than ale in the books? Probably not. I don't know, but I want some mulled cider. Stop reading this list. It's just making me want everything on it. Potato (laughs) onion soup. Tea cakes. Lavender and lemon muffins. Mm. Tea. Ballins. Spiced beef. This is a good list. I didn't make myself any tea today. Yeah, because you had to get right to drinking. I just really like tea and muffins. Ten cup ranger cookies. Okay, I'm done looking at this list. All right. So pretty much (laughs) what we're thinking is they took all the dead bodies from the Battle of the Pelennor Fields and made pepperoni. (laughs) And then pizza forever. There you go. I mean, that's basically hot dogs, right? But okay, let's uh, let's start with number two. Kate Johnston sent in a bunch of fabulous questions, some of which were pizza toppings, and some of which require actual discussion. How are ants the worst? Discuss. Okay, so here's the thing: movie ants are the worst because they didn't give a shit about the war until they specifically saw how it was impacting them and not impacting the larger peoples of Middle Earth, who it has been proven in history that they have been friends with these people and talk to them. And, you know, somewhere in the rest of the world, the antwives might be. So why wouldn't they care what happens to the rest of the world, even before seeing how it was impacting the forest that they currently lived in? And I mean, they lived through... Also, they forgot the antwives straight up in every way. That one, too, yes. Although, I mean, I do think that that was sort of written as a joke, not like... I mean, I get it, but also, man, I feel like the Ents are the most perfect, like, metaphor or actual thing of, like, hashtag woke white guys (laughs) who are like, I care about the environment, but also, like, I don't give a shit about women. Right? (laughs) We're like, we're the trees. Look, we're going to talk about environmentalism. But also, we literally don't care about anyone but ourselves. Rachel. That's perfect. <laughs> and so I've been sad. thinking about this question. So yes, all of yeah. that also. Um, but also, uh, Treebeard and or Quickbeam, I forget which one it is, straight up lets Merry and Pippin eat and or drink um, antish stuff, which like completely changes their physiology. And that's got to fuck them up, man. They got to like remake all their clothes. <laughs> you know, who even knows if they comfortably fit in the hobbit holes anymore? Oh, no, that's sad. Exactly. Okay. Here's a good question. If does it change them on a physiological level or on a genetic level? Because we have have we just introduced an entirely new strain of hobbit into the genetic pool? Oh my god, they're going to go home and have ent hobbit babies. I would Maybe they are the ent wives. I don't I can't <laughs> that that's that, <coughs> that one seems like a little bit of a leap, Rach. Uh, so my thoughts is that it can't be a genealogy because it's like if you put if you like physically stretch someone that's not going to change their genes okay Willy Wonka but I don't know but it is it is magic though so I don't know 
Sorry, I'm hungry. It's hard to it's hard to say how science works with magic. But I would be interested to see what the fuck is happening over there at me. <laughs> what are you eating? It's fine now. Is it I just wanted a cracker. Oh, of course. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm a little I've gone a little too far. Um words. So I, I don't know, it's hard to say. I'd be interested to see if they had tall children or not. Although honestly I can't picture either of them as fathers. I do think they have kids eventually, but Oof. Maybe in like a decades. <laughs> they are small. I mean, children. yeah, Pippin is very young. So Alright. Let's go. Any anything else about how the ants are the worst? I just think this is all extra funny because of the whole thing of like Treebeard is actually C.S. Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He got written into the book. Right. <laughs> no, I think we've I think we've hit on the head all of the things that I can remember about why I dislike ants. But I do really love the ants. I want to be clear. Ants are great. They're really funny, especially in the movie. But uh, also, what the hell? I like Quickbeam because he seems like an okay boomer type of. Not that he is the boomer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, he's, he was the one who was like, let's go to war, bitches. Yeah. Yeah. He was a good ant. Yeah. He was a good egg. I'm glad you picked up on what I was putting down. I was there. I was ready for you. Okay, so is there any person, living or dead, who could do justice to Luthien on screen? I would just like to say that Gemma Chan is the most beautiful person in existence and could play anyone and anything, anytime. I was trying to go through, like, who's the most beautiful? Yes. Yes. Like, she is just physically perfect. She would kill it. And I love her. I mean, I feel like if they actually, like, did a Luthien movie... At this point, like, they need to just hire Liv Tyler again. <laughs> okay, seriously, that's sort of where I was, too. It's like, man, Liv Tyler and Kate Blanchett did the greatest elves of all time. They were the elfiest of elves. They were perfection. Well, I would also but- kind of like the idea that um, maybe, I don't know, I just, it would be great to have some Asian elves. Yeah. It would be great to have any actresses and actors of color in. Yes this movie at all yeah um you know what i want i want lupita nyong'o in lord of the rings yes she would i'm just thinking she would be an another really good elf she would be great as uh arendelle's wife yes uh whose name escapes me but the one who becomes like a boat swan or whatever i'm like smooshing up that story (laughs) in my head i don't i i don't think she becomes the boat (laughs) maybe the boat just looks like a swan because she becomes a swan I, i don't know yeah. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Life's hard. Now I'm just thinking um, of beautiful people. I'm yeah. thinking of beautiful people and my mind jumps directly to Zendaya, who I love. Um I also think she's fabulous young, so like, and wonderful, but I just don't see her as an elf. I think she's more of like a Rohirrim. She'd be great oh, as yeah. Aowen. Rohirrim could be good or a ranger. Yeah. Could yes. be good. I just feel like she has the right so when they're casting all of these roles what they immediately want is someone who is young enough to like first off play the same age for 10 years and also or who is Kate Blanchett and therefore immortal yes to appeal to to teenagers and I just think she's funny and perfect in all ways pretty much man now I'm just looking at pictures of beautiful people yeah I was gonna say like Natalie Dormer and Charlie's Theron. <laughs> See, I, I don't like Charlie's Theron. She rubs me the wrong way. Like, just 100%. I don't want her anywhere near Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. She doesn't... Okay. 
Like, I don't mind her in things, but I just don't see... She looks too white lady. I, like, I don't know how to describe it. I could never picture her as an elf. I mean, she's... Well, it could come from definitely being a white lady, is. so... But also, her Furiosa is just the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Right, I can see that. I, think I just her- don't... Eh. She she doesn't she doesn't do Middle Earth for me, you know. She's not your mm-hmm. fave. Yeah. Um, I really like Taraji Henson. She's been oh in yes, so many yes. of my favorite mm-hmm. TV shows. She's fabulous. And I understand it's like most of the roles she's played haven't been elf esque enough for people to picture it, but she was a phenomenal detective and person of interest, and was just like stone cold the whole time. She totally could do it. She could pull it off. She is such a dynamic actress. Yeah, she is. Fabulous and very, like she can look Beautiful. very different. Does yeah, that make if that makes sense? She just can, whatever expression she has on her face, she can like. God, I'm now just looking at pictures of Gemma Chan, and yes, she 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 just is Luthien now. I've decided she's so perfect. She's so beautiful. I want um. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that More champagne. <laughs> uh, found Bing Bing to. Be not in Chinese hell anymore and come back. Okay, in the Zencaster chat, here is a link to Gemma Chan and it's perfect because she just is Luthien Beautiful. in that picture. Yes, that link will just bring you to Gemma Chan directly. Yeah. I wish. I mean, I I enjoyed Crazy Rich Asians. I, I loved Crazy Rich Asians. Don't say a thing against it. No, I'm kidding. It's fine. I'm fine. Um... But she was just, she looked so good in that movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anytime she was on screen, I was staring at her. I didn't care who else was on screen. I'm so excited for the next movie. I'm really hoping it focuses more on her and less on, you know, the books, the books that were not good. So we're not going to talk about them. But, oh, God, her gorgeous face. Mm -hmm. Anyway, next question. Yes, there we go. There are questions. That's a good answer. Uh, Okay. Which is faster, an Uruk or an Ogre? This is a difficult question. I feel like ogres are bigger, and so they would have a longer stride. But I actually, now that I think about it, don't know how tall an orc is. So here's a, here's the thing. I feel like it's an elf and dwarf situation. The orcs are good marathoners, and the ogres are good sprinters. Absolutely. Also, like the orcs were like genetically bred to be. I don't think they were necessarily endurance. yes endurance. That's what I was gonna say. I don't think they were necessarily bred to be fast. But mm-hmm. endure. That's but, why marathon. Some evil, some evil will lends them speed and sets its will against us. That's so true. <laughs> have you ever I'm looking? I looked it up. Have you ever Urkai read the approximately man sized the Tumblr post about that? No, because in the book. Oh wait, yes. In the book, yes, I have. You know, and Gimli and Aragorn and Legolas are like something is against us. We just we can't go anymore. Like blah 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 blah. And then somebody else is like, Somebody's "Wait, I reread this back. bit." And they were running for like three days. I think they're just tired. <laughs> they <laughs> ran forty five leagues. They get to the Riders of Rohirrim, and it's like we ran forty five leagues. And the Riders of Rohirrim go, "That's impossible." Yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> like, how are you not dead right now? And they're like, "Well, a wizard was holding us back." It's like, no, I don't think that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, I think I think y'all were just. <laughs> I, think, I think y'all were just done. You have reached the end of your rope. Yeah. yeah. I love that post. That person was so smart. But, um, yeah, that's what I get. I don't, I can't even picture an ogre in my head. At least not, not, not that isn't Shrek. Shrek. I am so sorry. I'm going to Google Yeah, I guess I've just been picturing a cave troll. 
ogre. Lord. Cave troll seems a little big. I also I picture Shrek and then I picture the the Oh. No, that's a cave troll, but I guess this is an ogre. Maybe that thing is an ogre. What about the things See, the that only push thing open all the pictures gates, on ogres black can remember is that they have two teeth. I think those are big ass trolls. Do we even have ogres? Like is is an ogre ever Rings? named in Lord of the Rings? Are you Ogres, one ring to rule them all, Wiki. Uh, they're mentioned in the riddle game between Bilbo Baggins and Gollum. I have no memory really? of that. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. I mean, I believe you, Wiki. Don't betray me. Well then. Ogres are nine to ten feet tall, but there's only mentioned at height in the film. It doesn't say which film. Citation needed. Gotta cite your sources, guys. It should be at the gotta bottom. Gotta cite your sources. There's a wiki. No, no, no. Just, it nope. says citation needed. If it says there's citation no... needed. Mm. Sorry, there's no I citation. Just, I thought you were up. adding in the citation needed. I apologize. Oh, yeah. No, I'm sorry. It said it on the page. <laughs> Can you tell okay. I'm a librarian? Ogres I'm appear sure. briefly in The Hobbit, The Battle of Five Armies movie. They're stated... Which is not real. Well, yes. Okay, well, clear. let's examine that sentence. I mean, anyway. Was there any part there's... of that movie other than... Um, <laughs> Uh, 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 Richard Armitage looking really pretty while he dies. That's it. That's all I remember. Richard Armitage is also really pretty, and I'm sad he never got to play an elf. He could play Luthien. <laughs> he could. He could actually make. If they hadn't already cast him as a dwarf, he would make a really make him good. I was thinking Baron actually. Also good. He could play physically anything. Just give him money. Okay, they're stated in to have been. Well, that's a sentence. Based off half trolls, <laughs> suggested to be somewhere between the largest orcs and the smallest trolls. They served in Azog's army as both shock troops and troll commanders. One commanded a team, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Dwalin, Philly, Killy, Azog, that's all the movie. Uh, other versions of the history. Ogres were mentioned in the riddle game, yep. After Gollum asked what ruins kingdoms and beats down tall mountains, Bilbo tried to think of all the giants and ogres that he had heard of. None of them, however, were destructive enough to meet the description of the... The answer to that one's time, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is possible that ogres were a mythical monster in Hobbit folklore rather than an actual race. It is also possible that, like giants and the term fairy, they were simply dropped as Tolkien expanded Middle-earth and the related cosmology. So Nicely I think this done. question was probably actually intended as which is faster, an uruk or a troll... And because I think, if we're talking about ogres being like eight feet tall, that's kind of how like uruks are basically that tall. So I think uruks just win because they have better focus. Probably true. Oh my god! Sorry, I'm now just reading this article, and it is implying that <laughs> wicked dwarves were bred from the earth by Melkor, like he made oh dwarf versions of uh, orcs. Orcs. And instead yeah. of coming up with a cool name like orcs, Tolkien just called them wicked dwarves. <laughs> That's so rude. They deserve their own name. But like, I want to be all. a wicked dwarf. That sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> that was like so. That's like the dream uh, D and D character. <laughs> um, I myself personally have been dwelling on like, is there any person, living or dead, who could do justice to Baron on screen? Which, granted, much lower bar. Yes, let's be clear. He's a little bit of an idiot, but I don't know. I do think Richard Armitage could do Richard, I mean, Richard Armitage. Armitage could do anything. Although, actually, yeah. you know what? Now that he's older, um, you know, Feely or Keely, uh, uh, the one that, the dark-haired one. Died? Well, no, but um, the actor. Um, the, 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 yeah. Fuck. That guy. You know, from Cold Dark. Is. 
who plays yeah. Poldark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Yeah, I know it. Damn. Because everyone, when they he got cast, everyone Aiden was like, oh, no, he's something? hot. He is. Oh, no, he's hot. But, I mean, that was also Aiden the Turner problem. Aiden Turner. That's his name. But again, these people have already been in movies. Okay, somebody not who has already been in. Okay, not to like open up a can of worms, but I do really think that Adam Driver has a really interesting face. Oh, no. And also is really attractive. Also, just he is a really good actor. He played a lot of dynamic yes, roles. Yes, now that you've brought that up, yes, please, yes. I cannot describe why or how, but I do find him strangely attractive. Well, I mean, first off, he's in Hollywood, so he's pretty. People do his makeup for like five hours. But also just like he's so funny in everything he plays. No, this is true. But I feel he, like sorry, he's one of those people Wars, but- where, no, no, we're not even talking about Star Wars. Fuck Star Wars. We're talking about Adam Driver as a human person. <laughs> <laughs> um, what a great! What, you guy. mean he's a human person? And yes. Was it just like bred to actually? To be if you Tyler bring Ray? up anything that is gonna, and just anyways, um, we'll let it go. Okay. So him as a human person. But I feel like if you described his individual features to somebody, you'd be like, "Oh, that's a weird-looking individual." But somehow they all come together into somebody that I find strangely, like not, maybe not traditionally attractive, but like literally attracts my eyes when he is on screen you know like i concur with that 100 so i actually do think he would be really good in a middle earth type of role because he is so interesting looking and a good actor and kind of strangely hard to look away from i would concur on all of those points thank you for agreeing with me you're welcome um now i'm slightly on the star wars train but if what did i say about bringing up the sw word (laughs) We are allowed to talk about Baby Yoda and nothing fucking else. Yes, word. If, okay, one word. okay, but speaking of Baby Yoda, if we were able to magically back oh. up a few years, um, Pedro Pascal. Yes. Yes. As wait, but a also, human or we an find elf? A way to get Baby Yoda onto Middle Earth as Baron. Just get him there. Oh, as Baron. Oh, he's, he's <gasps> just rugged enough to Oscar Isaac as Baron. He's. I mean, he would he would oh. do it, but you got to picture like someone who's like a woodsman. That's true. No, you're right. Though I Pedro, Fes- Pedro Pascal. Yes. Yep. So good. He would be. Oh, imagine! Imagine now we're just Pedro farming Pascal other franchises for our Lord of the Rings exactly. franchise in the most epic romance of all time, the most epic <laughs> fantasy romance. Oh, that he- was it. Yep. It's perfect. Can we like ring up Amazon and tell them we've made their <laughs> fucking show for them? <laughs> oh man, yes. that should be our next trunk episode. Is Bust out all of our proposals for the Amazon TV show. <laughs> it's been a long time since we proposed something to Amazon. But seriously, come on. Pedro and Gemma. It's true. So good. Oh, we would die on the spot, but it's a good but way it'll be to worth die. It. Okay, okay, okay. Next question. <laughs> Gotta keep the ball rolling, okay, wait, guys. Wh- Why does Pippin... Sh- should we do another golem oh that's an idea sure okay so this one let's not forget about the golems is from hold on the file names don't say so i just have to look oh this one is from my podcasting partner from my uh uh fuck what is that material yeah there we go thank you thank you (laughs) (laughs) stark materials podcast alan and once again we haven't listened to this so i don't know if there's like a 20 minute intro or if it just goes straight into golem but i'm hitting play all right Mr. Bezos says we gotta have Gollum in this new show, even though it's the second age or whatever. So please read the scripts that we gave you and speak clearly into the mic. Yeah, you. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, sweet one. This is amazing. See, my precious, if we has it, then we can escape, even from him, eh? Perhaps we grow very strong. Stronger than raids, Lord Smeagol, Gollum the Great, the Gollum. Eat fish every day, three times a day, fresh from the sea. Gollum, Gollum, most precious Gollum, must have it. Dad, I love you. No, yes, yes, no. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. This is ridiculous. Get, get, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> we got number two. Who is this? You what? You work with uh, George Lucas. That's that's good. That's good. Lots of voice work. All of right, course, Star Wars. Ahead. Speak clearly into the mic, please. Mm. Mm. <laughs> no, sweet one. See, <laughs> my precious. <laughs> If we has it, then we can escape. Even from him. Perhaps we grow very strong in the force. Stronger than Riggs. Grow strong we do. Lord Gollum the Great. The Gollum. Mmm. Eat fish every day, three times a day, fresh from the sea. Mm. <laughs> That's uh, you, please, please don't add words. It's saying stuff like the force or whatever. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, I see you. You need to stand up taller so your mouth's by the mic. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Just talking to the mic, please. Through fire and water, from the lowest dungeon to the highest peak, <laughs> we fought with the Balrog of Morgoth, until at last we threw down our enemies and smote their wounds upon the mountain sides. <laughs> <laughs> That is not the that is not the script that we gave you. Uh, <laughs> thanks, I guess. Get out. Thank you. <laughs> Doing other characters as Gollum is a direction I had not personally thought of, and it is fabulous. It's so good. Oh my god, Ellen, you killed it. I'm just gonna quit this podcast now. Just. It's yeah. your podcast now. Yeah. It's yours. <laughs> Our attempts were obviously just waiting amazing. for your attempt. <laughs> <laughs> the Yoda Gollum oh was God. really good. And the oh, Gollum it made me good in there. That was just so clever. <laughs> the Yoda Gollum just, it makes me think so much. Like, it works. You can, I mean, the, they're all such simple lines. You can just, like, invert them and it's suddenly Yoda. That's it. I feel like Gollum would be a very fun special project for Yoda too. You know? Yes. He'd be like, well, he's still he's too old to be to train to be a Jedi because every single person Yoda ever meets is too old to be a to train to be a Jedi. (laughs) My God, Gollum is almost as old as Yoda. Yeah. Ooh. 
Mm. Oh my god, he is! <gasps> Would they be friends? That's my own personal question. See, now, I think they, they would have a grand time together in the swamp, though, right? Like, the, Yoda eats bugs, right? Gollum eats fishes. Fish. Mm-hmm. They'd both be great for the ecosystem. I feel like they would be friends of convenience. Like, we're the only two left alive, so I guess... We gotta hang out now. Yeah. I mean, they're both dead within their own legendariums. But you know what I'm saying. Okay. I really do. What, and you mean Baby thing. Yoda isn't actually Yoda reborn? <gasps> I will. How dare you? Come over there and slap you in the <laughs> to goddamn America? face. Please do. Fight us. Please come to America to slap <laughs> okay. me. Wait, I feel the need to announce this in case anybody who listens to our podcast didn't already know, uh, but it was on the news. We are getting a Baby Yoda Build-A-Bear. Everybody knows. And I am so goddamn excited. Okay, so when that news came I'm out- I'm going to rearrange my schedule to go get this Build-A-Bear. Somebody was talking about how they should have, they should like attach themselves onto like a children's birthday party situation. And I was like, or, or maybe they were talking about wine or I don't know, whatever. And I was like, I don't think there's anything stopping you from booking an adults only birthday party at Build-A-Bear and putting some wine in a flask. Um, yes. Okay. The CEO of Build a Bear said that fifty percent of their products are geared towards uh, teenagers and adults. Oh, right. Build a Bears is not for children. I mean, it is obviously still for children, but like they deliberately target the market of teenagers and adults because they know millennials will buy stuffed animals. Right. And they're not wrong. But I, mean, I, that's I, just I want that baby Yoda. I've- they're so clever. I have just never walked by a Build-A-Bear and seen an adult birthday party happening. I've only ever seen the children's birthday party. Right. Why don't we have adult birthday parties like we used to when we were kids? Like, we can do laser tag birthday parties. We can. Rachel, you're... Let's go. Emmy, let's have a group. You're first. Let's, let's just have a joint birthday party. Who's okay. Who's the next birthday? Technically her. She's Mine's in first. August. Mine's in August. I'm in October. And I'm in November. Man, we're yeah. all in the second Damn. half of the year, so we're going to have to just wait while i guess a long time i mean we'll okay, start we're adults. It now, so we can do epic. it whenever we want <laughs> we cannot break the sacred tradition of the birthday party <laughs> whatever man <laughs> okay sorry i'm definitely chewing these crackers into the microphone let's do um emmy's favorite question now because of what she just said about crackers into the microphone what is the airspeed of an unladen fell beast ah <laughs> so I want everyone to know that I looked up the answers so that I could do algebra. Are you ready? Yes. The average wingspan of a swallow, we're talking about like I mean there's like more than a hundred different species of swallow, but the average wingspan is four point eight inches. And an unladen swallow can travel approximately twenty four miles an hour. Now, if we take the idea that um the Witch King would only ride a very large fell beast, right? Wingspan of a fell beast is between 30 and 40 feet, but they'd probably take the cream of the crop and let's say 40. 40 times right, 40 12 feet is 480. 480? Yes. So we're going we're gonna to do some algebra here. Oh my God, it's here. perfectly, geez, it's like 4.8 inches versus 480 inches. I know. It's like they were designed to do this math or something. So, so does we, that mean we can just do... 24 We're doing the, times 100? cross algebra. No. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Damn it, I wanted to do algebra. I wanted to make my math teacher proud of me. 
Mrs. Woods, who refused to curve my exam because I got 100%. I could have been in plain solid geometry honors 15 years ago. <laughs> anyway, that's not a grudge I carry or anything. It's fine. So, wait, what's the answer? How fast? <laughs> how fast can an unladen... What is the airspeed of an unladen fell beast? Um, that would make it 2,400 miles per hour, right? Yep, right. 2,400 miles per hour. I'm not saying the math was difficult. I'm saying I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> now, that sure. said, I'm pretty sure that's, like, not really how wingspan works. Shh. Like, because otherwise our planes would go 2,400 miles an hour and not, like... 600? Who's to say they don't? You're not a pilot. You don't know. So let's see. Okay. So if we're talking 240 inches, what? how many feet did you say? 40 feet? 40 feet. So All right. 480 Largest inches. Largest bird wingspan. Oh, Jesus. We're, we're looking gonna, at real birds now. We're going to look at real birds now. What are real birds? I don't know. Google's being very slow. Come on, Google. Suck it up. I have officially put too much lime in my drink. All right, so there's just no winning. All right. Um, sorry. What did we say? Uh, how many feet? Forty. Forty. Yeah, this is not really going to work very well because the largest bird by wingspan is um the wandering Five? albatross, which is four point seven feet. Oh, I oh, was that's so the length. Close. Sorry. Um, twelve feet wingspan. So. Oh my God! Albatrosses are huge. All but let's see. Um. I'm sorry, did you say 12 feet wingspan? Yeah. What the fuck? So fucking Wandering albatross speed. All right, those are the ones that walk funny, right? I got to look up a picture. If I saw a bird with a 12-foot wingspan, I would assume I had died and slipped into some (laughs) weird-ass fantasy realm in between living and whatever afterlife there is. Okay, there's a reason that albatross herald death. I mean, yeah, but I'm I also want to be honest, are this bird looks luck. a lot it's like a really fat seagull. It's if you kill them that they fuck you over. Well, whatever. Well, as most things should. Not whatever. That's a very important distinction. Don't kill the albatrosses. I did read that this poem and paid attention to it at the time. A large anyway, seagull. The airspeed like of albatross, um, which also because of their wingspan are probably a better comparison because they flap very rarely which you also see exhibited in the behavior of the fell beast. Fell beast? Um, they <laughs> in their fly, natural habitat? Yes. They fly at 67 miles per hour. So, Shh. realistically... Ours are magical creatures. So, if we're looking at... <laughs> at 12 feet to 67 miles per hour, and versus 40 feet... All right, so... We can do 40 divided by 12 times 67. We come up with 223. That seems way more realistic, but a lot less Miles per hour, which is much less funny, but definitely probably more like it. (laughs) Still an excellent mode of travel. It will get you where you need to go in a reasonably efficient time. That's your wingspan of an unladen fell beast. The airspeed, not wingspan. Okay. Work with me here. Why? Okay. Oh, my God. Why does Pippin always look up when he gets an apple? We're moving on from mathematics because fuck math. <laughs> it's Aragorn's fault. Does he always look up? How many times does he get an apple? We know twice. Twice. Exactly twice. 
So wait, here's here's the real question. When in Fellowship of the Ring, Aragorn threw that apple at him and it hit him in the head and he looked up, did he think that apples were raining down from the sky? Like, does he think that to this day? Is he unsure? Does he not know that Aragorn threw that apple at him or, or tossed him an apple and he wasn't paying attention so it hit him in the head? That's probably true. You know what? It's unclear. I think maybe, there's some wiggle room. Maybe in the Shire, the Entwives do, in fact, <laughs> just drop apples randomly above people. So I hobbits. think that's what it is. I think Pippin thinks that apples rain down from the sky in a magical manner. Or at the very least that they could. Right? Okay, he had that thought once mm-hmm. and then apples appeared from nowhere again mm-hmm. in the floods at Isengard. Mm-hmm. So twice you've proved the hypothesis. It was a repeated experiment. So now the real question, does he go back to the Shire and convince people that sometimes it rains apples? Definitely. And then and they're hobbits. They'd believe it. And then there's like this whole generation of children that wait out in the fields for the raining apples the same way that What's-His-Face waited for the Great Pumpkin or whatever. Linus. Linus. <laughs> yes, thank you. I was like mini Aww. Charlie Brown. <laughs> With the blankie. Yeah. Um. Yes, because also they are the antwives. The apples or, or the hobbit children? The hobbit it- children. And the Hobbit children are the Entwives. This has yes. gotten a little disturbing. <laughs> and um, They have the tree genetics. Oh, you mean their children in particular. I see what you're yes. saying. Yes, Pippin's children. I didn't necessarily have mean... Have the tree genetics and also look up for apples. I did not necessarily mean their children. And so... I just meant the I whole think- generation of children that comes after. So now the looking I mean, up fair, for apples is an inherited trait? They are they're born. They're born looking up at <laughs> the sky for apples. But also they speak treeish <laughs> because of Pippin's experiences. And so when they look I up think- the actual apple trees will then release the apples down to them because they ask nicely in treeish. And I the think- apple trees understand. Every friend we have from the diaspora would disagree with how your plan for language works, but I really like it a lot. Look, if they can magically treat, speak treeish from drinking the Ent draft. No kidding. Just saying. Can I inherit language that way too, though? Because I would like to speak more than English. That would be great. English is boring. Okay, I've looked it up. Peregrine marries a hobbit named Diamond, which... Sure. What a stupid name for a hobbit. And they yeah, have a super dwarfish name. They have a son and a daughter. Their daughter they named No, sorry, I'm reading this incorrectly. They have one son, apparently. His name is Faramir, which is kind of cute. Oh, that's so cute. And he apparently ends up marrying a daughter of Sam named Goldilocks. Oh. Named what? Goldilocks. Named and then there were what? three bears. <laughs> I hate that so much. <laughs> but I enjoy that Pippin named his kid Faramir. That's cute. That's so cute. Oh, that is so good. Also, that's like remarkably few children for hobbits. Mm-hmm. I guess it might be that they have more, but uh, like it's just not listed. They either don't get named because Tolkien didn't care or because they're all women and Tolkien didn't care. Yeah, exactly. Yikes. But that's just what's on this random wiki that I ended up on. I think we find all this out in the appendices, so we'll revisit this at the end of the next book. 
What is it, precious? The last question. Fishes! It's fishes, precious! (laughs) Do we want to do our personal golem readings now? And then we've got one more sent in from uh, the listeners. I mean, that sounds like a good enough idea to me. That does sound like a good idea. Do we need to all pick passages? I don't know. This is the question, because here's my book. It was underneath a plant. All right, everyone. Sorry, plant. Everyone open your book, and the first golem passage you find, stop there. Oh, but I just Googled. Oh, fine. That's fellowship. That's going to be a struggle. (laughs) (laughs) I have found a lot of Sam, and then I found this where it goes, were there any Oliphants, asked Sam, forgetting his fear and his eagerness for news of strange places. That is the exact same page I opened to. (laughs) What? Uh, How does Gollum work again? I've forgotten. No, no Oliphants. What are Oliphants? Said Gollum. And that is all the Gollum that is on this page. Okay, I went backwards a bit and I've landed on. Not this way, master, he pleaded. There is another way. Oh, yes, indeed. Another way. Darker, more difficult to find, more secret. But Smeagol knows it. Let Smeagol show you. That was pretty good. That was not bad. Um, I miraculously landed on a really good page, and so there's a whole lot. I'm not going to read every golem what line on page? these because, um, <clears throat> nope, I cleared my throat. That's the exact opposite of what That's I That's the opposite to do. of what you wanted. That's, <laughs> you need the phlegm. Swallow it back. I did. <laughs> the Dead Marshes. Yes, yes, that is their name. Mm. You should not look in when the candles are lit. Which, who's lighting yes, the candles? Yes. All dead, all rotten, elves and men and orcs, the dead marshes. There was a great battle long ago, yes. So they told him when Smeagol was young, when I was young, before the precious came. It was a great battle. Tall men with long swords and terrible elves, and orcs is shrieking. They fought on the plain for days and months at the Black Gates. But the marshes have grown since then. Swallowed up the graves. <laughs> I'm drifting into Yoda now. <laughs> oh, he's creeping, creeping. <laughs> that was good. That was great. I appreciated that. Yoda Gollum has struck again. <laughs> There's so much Gollum on this page. It's great. The Drixie lights. Candles of corpses. Yes, yes. All right. And- Shall no, we? no birds, nice birds. No birds here. There are snakes, as worms, as things in the pools. Lots of things, na- lots of nasty things. No birds. He ended sadly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, does somebody want to read this Emma on Twitter one? I feel like I've read some of them and Rachel has not, so let's force it on Rachel. Well, or. Did we want to do this, or did we want to? Are we going to do the last golem voice? Oh no, I'll, I'll wait a bit for the last golem voice. Okay, all right. So yeah, Emma on Twitter uh, tossed out rate the worst dudes of Middle Earth. Added, I'll be back with snacks. Bingo. There's a long list. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying. Iluvatar number one. Can we count him? <laughs> he is technically a dude, though he is not a man. But he's not a and Middle I mean, Earth. He's a god oh. who created Middle Earth. That's fair. But yeah, no, Illuvatar is Feanor. None of this would have happened. It's all his fault. As we can say about most gods everywhere, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, 
the secondary cause of every problem that ever existed is fan art, so. <laughs> I always find it so funny that the elves, like, <laughs> revere him so much, and I'm like, he fucked up all your shit. Like, right? Like, he caused every problem and then convinced all of his children to have this, like, deal with this problem if he had either, one, not been a dick, or two, kept his dick in his pants, everything would have been so much better. Like I've I've talked about before, I actually feel a little bit of empathy for, or sympathy, I guess, for Feanor, um, because I'm pretty sure he had a shitty childhood since his mom was the first elf to ever die, and it was kind of his fault, like she died because she gave birth to him. So I suspect he got a little fucked up. I mean, yeah, but he also... I mean, weren't the kinslangs all his fault? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I'm not. So that's why I changed from empathy to sympathy. Okay. Like, I don't think what he did was right. <laughs> A distinct vocabulary yeah. difference. <laughs> I'm. I'm just saying, I could see how he got fucked up. But like, uh, p- people like uh, my, my least favorite dude is Thingle. He he was fine. He was completely out of the shit, but then he decided to be a bad father and get himself involved in the shit. And then... Which is... That's fair. Yeah. Guys, it occurs to me, should we provide a definition for what the kinslangs were? Some elves invented murder. There you go. That's a good definition. (laughs) I was thinking of the fact that the first one was pretty much Melkor's fault. Um, no. Melkor, also Mm-mm. known as Morgoth. Well, no, because he, oh, he did murder Feanor's dad. That's true. Well, And then stole the Silmarils. I guess like, Mel- that was the first one, wasn't it? Yes, that's fair. Melkor inspired Feanor to do more murder. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. Anyway, for those of you who didn't remember that from like, you know, 70 episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Ungoliant, the... Uh, villainess that we deserve yeah uh from <laughs> bring the, me more angolian from the books that we're on i mean denethor is pretty shitty i was gonna say if we're gonna stick with like third age worst dudes third age yes yes <laughs> what right, age yeah. are we in it's unclear. I was saying, the fourth age starts no at the remember. end of the lord of the rings right yes. so we're in the third age yes, yes we're in the third and age. like the hobbit is included in that so yes. oh like, that's oh. true the dude oh the mayor or whatever or say, yeah, the master. The master, whatever, in The Hobbit. Yeah, he was pretty shitty. Okay, yeah. we haven't gotten here yet, but spoilers, I read ahead. Um, the Sackville Bagginses should go on the list of the worst people in Middle-earth because they are responsible, not really, but sort of for the sacking of the Shire. That's true. Sauron's a... Not Sauron, obviously. Saruman, or mm-hmm. Aruman, as we must call him. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Aruman, he's the worst. He's he a, calls his cloak a cloak of many colors, and it's actually just red. <laughs> he's a bit of a shit. Like, more than the Sauron way, who's just like, hello, I'm an evil eyeball in the sky. But Saruman... I mean, he has daddy issues. Yeah. Saruman doesn't. Saruman literally <laughs> betrayed his order and, like, the gods who sent him to Middle-earth to help things out. He was ready? like, well... Ready? <laughs> <laughs> He was like, well, fuck that. I'm going to be evil. And that's pretty shitty. I mean, I find I find Saruman interesting from an academia perspective mm-hmm. because and I feel like this is definitely something that Tolkien was coming from 
Sorry, I'm talking while pouring a glass of champagne. It's this our is drunk the, episode. Uh, drunk it's Tolkien fine. mood. Yeah. Um, yeah, poor Caitlin has to like sort through me chewing this entire episode. So, you know, that's probably I've been eating works. muffins into the microphone, so you know, whatever. Oh, um right. If <laughs> Are you okay? Are you okay over there, Rachel? That was pretty yes. rough. Um so if you actually piece together the whole Saruman story, right? He was like basically a ring studies academic. Yeah. Right? He was like <laughs> interested in looking up you know, and researching all of the things about it, we were very like know thy enemy kind of thing. And he was interested, like originally from a purely theoretical perspective. And then, you know, it actually came back. And it was, of course, the worst possible scenario for him because he'd already kind of gone down this path. But it's really actually interesting because, I mean, Tolkien was a purely academic sort of person. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Anyway, Saruman made terrible choices. Interesting when you actually think about it. I wish we had more about him. It's it, Well, we do have kind of a bit from like other writings and stuff, but Saruman was a Maya of Aule, who was the smith. Mm-hmm. So it actually kind of seems like he would be into the ring, you know, this, this mm-hmm. made, this object that was made, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. I'm I with you. Yeah, if he was the, the, yeah, Maya of Aule, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Especially, I mean, because what, I guess he mirrors really the story of the Hobbit and him being interested in and then falling to the thing, right? Because yeah. that's exactly what the dwarves do. The is they go to reclaim their homeland. And, well, because, okay, in, in their case, it's the Arkenstone. <laughs> and in his case, it's the ring. The ring. Yeah. No, I'm totally with you. It was just really funny that we got to use the thing in an academic context. <laughs> Man, every now and then I think about how good the Hobbit movies could have been and how Peter Jackson just fucked it all up. Shh, and I get really shh, sad. Shh, Move away. Move away. Let it go. We've done those. Okay, Let all of our go. Hobbit movie episodes were drunk episodes because we couldn't do it sober. So other terrible people in Middle Earth could be. Oh, who else? Yeah, Denethor. Oh, man, Denethor. Man, let's talk about negligent, shall we? Definition of negligent homicide right there. Well, I was thinking Hurin. Oh, yeah. Hurin? No, Turin. What? Hurin's the one that's just like cursed on a mountain not doing anything. Turin's the one who fucks shit up. Wasn't Hurin the one who like was responsible for his entire family getting murdered? I wasn't that his fault. I mean, Turin's the one and who also fell in love with his sister. Fell. It's Hurin's fault because Morgoth curses him for being like a, a big pain and in Doriad his side. Falls. It's not be- right. Third age. And he curses Third all age, of guys. The no, no. First <laughs> age. First age is where everybody is a shithole. Yes, yeah, because it was the Silmarillion. <laughs> no. But Turin is the one who makes bad choice after bad choice and doesn't tell anybody that he's cursed and, you know, almost marries his sister. Does marry his sister? I forget. You know, and uh, Hearn was just the one who was forced to watch it all happen. Really, the fault is, again, Hor and Tor for not keeping it in their pants. Man, bastards. I mean, we could blame Morgoth in general, which just actually brings us back to Iluvatar for being a bad dad. I'm saying everything is his fault. Damn it, Alupatar. Okay. Like I was um, saying so- earlier about Thingle being a shithole, I guess if he hadn't done all those bad things that he did, we wouldn't have Arendelle as the brightest star, and then f- therefore we wouldn't have Elrond and Arwen. And so that's an interesting way to look at things. Anyways, carry on. No, I was just saying we could move forward into the Third Age, since that is where clearly we thought there was some conflict to discuss. 
Um, I mean, discussed. we are we are literally discussed. in the third age right now. So the thing, we're third age dudes. Sorry, the thing about Denethor is that I really only remember him from the movie currently. And I think he's not as bad in the book. Like, I still think he's pretty bad, but I don't think he's as bad. So I don't really want to discuss him until we get there. Yeah. No, that's a really good uh, drunk conversation to have after the next <laughs> book. Yeah. Because we literally haven't met him. Oh, man, does Celeborn do anything? You can call him the worst. He's just there. I mean, he's certainly not deserving <laughs> of his super awesome wife. a special place in hell. I mean, is Boromir... Do we do we forgive Boromir? Is he okay? How do we feel about a Boromir? That's a great question. But I feel like, in the end, he does take the steps to redeem himself. And I hate the idea of, like, you are redeemed because you died. But immediately following his confrontation with Frodo, he does realize that he has done something terribly wrong. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, you know, it's one of those things where it is very clear that it was the power of the ring that compelled him. And once the ring was out of his sight, he realized, like, you know, that's not who I am. That's not what was supposed to happen. This is, he did something wrong. So we're in agreement then. Treebeard is the worst. Yes. <laughs> Nail it. Um, all right. I'm going to toss this out there as an extremely unpopular opinion. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're ready. Bill Blow. Okay, no, not that unpopular. Bilbo is actually terrible. Uh, why do you think that? I mean, one, he just trolled all the other hobbits after going rough, on his adventure, right? Like, he, in that sense, was a terrible person, but he's sort of in some ways to blame for all of this, right? He had the ring this whole time. He did nothing. He hands it off to Frodo with absolutely no context of like what it is he's giving him, and it's not like he doesn't know. But Gandalf told him to. Off. Gandalf encouraged him to give it to Frodo. I to mean, give no, it to Frodo, need- but like it needed to get handed off. But he had it what? this whole time and and didn't do anything to prepare him. I mean, maybe that makes Gandalf the worst for like that's fair. Not paying attention the whole time is is Gandalf, is Gandalf the Dumbledore the of the Lord of the Rings? Yes, he is. Because Saruman, yeah. right, we've talked about the, there's at least backstory there. Gandalf is there for the entire thing, but there's no reason for him to not be, you know. It is very what, much what, like he realized Bilbo was getting old and wouldn't be able to be the one to destroy the ring, but he knew that Frodo could do it, so he sort of manipulated the whole situation to give the ring to Frodo. And then even at the Council of Elrond, when he was sort of telling Frodo that maybe somebody else could take the ring... It was sort of his plan, I think, always that Frodo hold on to the ring because he knew that people like him and Elrond and even Elrond's sons, you know, they couldn't, they would be seduced by the ring because they were. Did he know that Frodo could destroy the ring or did he just know that Frodo was the only chance they had of giving it to Rivendell? Well, I think he he thought that Frodo was the only chance of getting it to Mount Doom. Well, and and he could have like prepared Frodo better. There were 17 years in there. (laughs) No kidding. And, you know, he was also like, you need to leave. But, you know, he left a ladder saying, leave now instead of when you had planned. Like, whatever, dude. Yeah, you need to leave. And soon. In a year? Yeah, sure. What the fuck? Well, time is different when you don't have interstates or email. (laughs) (laughs) Or electricity of any kind. But, like, he suspected and willfully ignored. Yeah. Yes. And doesn't he say at one point that, like, that was his greatest crime? Uh, maybe, yeah. But also, I do I feel think, like at one point he comps to that. I do think he genuinely manipulated the whole Council of Elrond shit for the ring to stay with Frodo and for Frodo to be the one to have to take it. Now, that being said, I do think he meant to not 
you know, fall with the Balrog and go with Frodo to Mordor. Mm-hmm. But that didn't happen, obviously. And, and Frodo got really fucked up. I was going to say, really here's the real question. Up. Ultimately, does Frodo come out the worst for it? I mean, yes. metaphorically speaking, Frodo gets to go to elf heaven. So, no, it all but works out does, great for him. But that's he's it. a he hobbit. Goes, does he want to go to elf heaven? Well, Sam joins him there later, and then they live together forever. Does so he? It. I didn't like, know that. I forgot is, that. Yeah. Is going to Valinor, and if he actually lives forever there, is that better or worse than going to the Halls of Mandos in the Hobbit space of the Halls of Mandos? <laughs> I, I don't I know. This is, we've gotten so a little bit too much We've gotten farther here. ahead. For all of you who didn't know, eventually Frodo dies, as all things well, must. Well, does he? Um, well, well the, but here's the, the question. question. He was given the choice. To go to Elf Heaven, right? Wasn't it's all been a choice at the end of the day? Everything about these books, everything about the movies and Frodo's life and the ring, everything is a choice, which is one of the things that makes it, you know, the hero's journey and not some other kind of journey that happens that I don't know the name of. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the books, I don't, I don't remember this too clearly because it's been a while, but from what I understand, when they're at the Grey Havens, like the whole fellowship goes to the Grey Havens and that's when they all sort of meet up for the very last time. And Arwen is there and she gives Frodo her necklace and says, I've, you know, you can take my place on the boat because I'm going to stay and you can go and basically says, you know, here, have my immortality and go to Valinor. So I feel like in the the books, the saddest shit I've ever heard. (laughs) It's a little bit more clear that it's not like a did he die? Did he live? Whatever. Mm-hmm. He does live immortally in Valinor. It's just Valinor sort of been removed from Earth and blah, 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 blah. <sighs> because of... I don't know. Part of me is like, I'd love to live forever. And the rest of me is like, that sounds like a shitty deal. You live forever. Now you got to live with all these elves and their well, drama problems. Well, and if, if he takes it. Arwen's place, then what about Bilbo? Well, I've... I mean, <laughs> Bilbo just gets... You know, you know what I mean? It's it's like a thing. <laughs> just just go with it, Rachel. <laughs> it's a nice moment. <laughs> Anyways, um, (laughs) but when does he get to be with his love, Thorin? (laughs) That is sad about Bilbo, actually. Maybe Bilbo eventually is like, can I have a dwarf uh, friend? Anyways, (laughs) Um, what was I going to say? I'm so I've completely lost it. 100%. (laughs) So I oh, he also gets to hang out with Gandalf, you know, and some of his friends are there. And Sam does anybody who is a ring bearer joins him later. So Sam joins him later. So and Smeagol? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure Legolas joins, comes over, and maybe even Gimli? Like, what? Legolas maybe tries to bring Gimli? Gimli? Oh, I think that's maybe on. a thing. Who and goes to the Grey? I spelled that wrong. No, Grey Havens is here. Who sails to Valinor uh, in the Lord of the Rings? I feel... Who and sails I even to know... Valhalla? Different question. <laughs> but also, I have... Good and I know, know Kierden isn't like steering his boats anymore, so I think Legolas ends up building his own boat, and it's just Does him. It doesn't Legolas just boat his way over? And it's just him. I feel like I've only seen this referenced in like the Undying Lands posts. doesn't prevent mortals from dying. Then what's with the what? name? Okay, assholes? but what happens because no, because Arendelle and his men all land there, and then they're like they can't go back, and I thought that was like a thing. I don't know anymore, <laughs> man. Man, come on. Okay, if any of our and any of our listeners know, 
please tell us. I mean, we will also get to the end of the book. We're going to, yeah. Yeah, tell us, like, at our next drunk episode. (laughs) Gandalf, Galadriel, and others go. Sam sails west. Legolas and Gimli, it is said, have sailed west, but I guess that's not technically confirmation. How rude. They should just tell us one <laughs> way or the other. They sail west and die of starvation in the middle of the ocean. Oh, Talady is the gift from Iluvatar, and not even Val- the Valar can affect it. Therefore, mortals die in Valinor. Why is it the... Oh, yeah. Il- sorry, Iluvatar. is like... Our favorite asshole, who yeah. is not in any way our favorite, just to be clear. Whatever, man. What Hate a dick. Him. Hate him. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's all I've got, guys. What are From Sin Gremlin on Twitter. Who are your favorite characters and why? And I think I've made it incredibly clear that Frodo is my favorite and everybody can fuck right off. Everybody else can fuck right off because Frodo <laughs> is the best. And I think, I think uh, there's three books that make it very clear why Frodo is the best. I think you did make that very clear. I feel like I love my dramatic baby Legolas, but also Aragorn is probably Aragorn. the best. Mm-hmm. Also a drama baby. Also, that's true. That's true. Also a drama baby. Why is Aragorn our favorite character? Well, for starters, he has a very sad past, which is my favorite thing in any main (laughs) character. You must first be traumatized before I will love you. And because he's a drama queen. Well, there's that. See, I think one of my favorite things about Frodo is that we're seeing his sad past happen to him. (laughs) You know? That's fair. And very true. I feel like in some ways, I mean... It, it's fun that we've gotten to get to them now. Some of the side characters are also the best, right? Like, Faramir is great because he has such an interesting role. I do love in Faramir. This story. I and, love And Faramir. same with, with Theoden. And, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't gotten to really know Eowyn much anymore because... Hama! Hama, Hama. for president! 2020! It's true. Okay, I lied. I changed my mind. I changed my mind. Hama's my favorite character. Hama's the best. <laughs> What common sense he displayed. I will say. What amazing what, initiative. From the first age, my favorite oh, now we're character is, is Luthien, of course. Ah, B. I thought you were going to say um, Maethros. I, <laughs> no, see, I really do like Maethros. I do a lot, um, especially with his lover. His name, I forget. Fingen? I don't know, whatever. His cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I just chose an F name. <laughs> I, I figured. I think you might be right, but I don't even know. <laughs> I do like them, but mostly because they're pretty and tragic. Uh, Luthien I like because she's smart and gets a fucking Silmaril because none of the men could. That's true. Fair. That's pretty great. That's I like rap battles. Oh, yeah, the rap battle is good, too. Uh, Sauron in a rap, rap battle. battle. I mean, I can't so believe good. nobody's put that on fucking screen for us. Anyways, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> It is clearly yeah. not fine. But no, it's, yeah, they, I mean, the Lord of the Rings is really this, the only story of all of them that we really get a super close look at the world at this time. It's the most that a story, like the time is spread over words, because even The Hobbit, it's one book and it's like three years or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, I like seeing all these people and like Hama, we love him because in the face of all of these terrible situations and what's going on with his country and stuff, he chooses to make choices that he thinks will benefit the country. And he's, he's the classic example of 
ordinary people doing what they need to in terrible regimes. Oh my God, Rachel, how are you so eloquent? Drink more. Um, you know me by now. I get more eloquent the more I drink. <laughs> See, and until I don't anymore. And Farmer is probably my second favorite character. I mean, like, it's hard. Okay, women aside, because as much as I love Eowyn and Arwen and Galadriel, we just don't get much of them. So it's hard to form real attachments to them. I am making mm-hmm. another drink, which is so bullshit. But it is moving it is on. Bullshit. We can't. We have no real argument for why Eowyn is our favorite, except like I don't know. She's the only female character who's left in the position of power when the men go do other stuff. Except we don't follow her story at all. And so she gets whatever. to do that one cool thing. Yeah. yeah. But but it is one cool thing, which is more than many male characters. This it's is very true. Joss Whedon. <laughs> yeah. Very Joss Whedon. Oh. Anyways, um, so Faramir. I love because of his, how he's this really great foil to Boromir who couldn't resist the ring, but Faramir is just like, nah, man, I don't want power. I don't want any of this. I just want to go home and read. And I just really get that. What a mood. You know? Yeah. What a mood. I want yep. to drink some wine and read my books, and I don't want to be involved in this I goddamn be left war. Alone. But he's also like, you know, the whole country's at war, so I guess I'm involved. So he's not yeah. like so he's the end. He's not. Yes. Even though yes. he he would like to be. So that's well, he would. Faramir's great. He would like to be, but he also knows why he can't. Why that is not the right position to take. Hashtag respect. So, and I don't think I don't know if he's any of our favorites, but I know a lot of people love Sam. So I do think we should not underplay how great he is. To be clear, none of none of this would have happened without Sam. <laughs> So I guess my thing would have gotten done. I guess why I am not particularly drawn to Sam is that he does a lot of amazing things and doesn't suffer much conflict about it. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't really have any growth or any, like he's never tempted by the ring. Nothing too terrible ever happens to him. Jesus, he gets a super happy ending. Well, so that's what's interesting. Mine was for me. He never takes. He never demands like any respect from anyone he's always in my opinion seems to put himself down is like i'm just a gardener like i'm not anybody important and it's like sam everyone would be dead without you <laughs> come on man i don't know that makes 100 percent sense happen? to me mm-hmm. so i'm gonna jump ahead to a future question because it's interesting because mm-hmm. um from megan the question is then, who is perhaps the most useless character, or does everyone uh-huh. have a purpose? Uh-huh. And it's not that I think Sam is useless, but in some ways, structurally, Sam is a character who you could almost like take him out and not much would change. Modern editors would definitely make you cut him out. I don't know about that, because a lot of the people would argue that Frodo does not make it to Mount Doom without Sam. In fact, I would and argue I, that Frodo does not well, make it to Mount Doom without Sam. He doesn't, but we just I, talked about in the last episode how much more that's played up in the movies. No, that's true. That's true. We haven't read the third book yet, and again, it's been fucking years since I have read the book, so I don't know. It's been a decade since and, I've read the third book, and I feel like we feel Sam is vitally important because the movies have played such an integral role in our lives, but if these books were written today, first off... I don't know that they would have been published. Sorry, Tolkien. Your writing style is super dry. Um, but, <laughs> I mean, it is. Oh, my God. It would God. have been definitely, if nothing they would else, have been a trimmed. niche publisher. 
Yes, they would have been trimmed so much. There's a lot. There's a lot of dry, huge fantasy written and published by men right now. Don't. It still happens. I mean, it still happens. Terry Brooks is is a thing that exists. Oh, shots fired. Anyway, no. He started a while ago, though. I was just going to say that I don't think that an editor would keep Sam in the books because some of the most notable things Sam has done, particularly in the Two Towers, is be mean to Smeagol slash Gollum. Smeagolum. I mean, he he does defeat the spider, uh, Shelob, and save rest. In the next book. No, that was in... The two towers. You're thinking about the next movie. Okay. I'm. Oh my god. Ah, don't cross the streams. He does defeat Shelob and go to rescue Frodo from the tower. But they could have given that to Frodo, right? Frodo could have rescued himself, which is definitely more in the modern of. Yes. It's it's just interesting. And I don't know. Sam is so beloved. I think we're going to get a lot of hate about this. That's a, hey, the most useless that's character not bad. I want to hear what people, I want to know what people say. I'm not saying that he is the most useless. I'm saying that in modern terms, I don't know if he would have survived publication. And that's what's, what's interesting is the difference between, right, loved character. And I agree, like, he's a wonderful character. And I love what, he, what role he plays as a support character. And we need more of those. But if you're talking strictly useless, um... I was picturing this as like um, Kelly Sue DeConnick's sexy lamp test. Mm. <laughs> as if you can replace traditionally the female character with a sexy lamp and nothing changes. But I mean, Sam does do some things. He does he kill does do some she, or he attacks Shelob and he rescues Frodo. A lamp couldn't do that. Hey, how's this for a useless character? Tom Bombadil. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, other than his next evil plan. Yes. Yes. What does he accomplish? Absolutely nothing. nothing. I guess, I mean, even more than that, most useless character, Goldberry. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's so true. That's true. You, you That's always hear so about true. people getting upset that Tom Bombadil never made it into any of the movies, but nobody gives a shit about Goldberry. Right? She's just there. Yeah. Like, man, you could just completely write her out and no one would notice. It's so true. Okay. I've got, I looked up who the internet as a whole ranks as the most useless hero in Lord of the Rings. I was about to say heroine, and then I realized, you know, lol, it's Lord of the Rings. There are no heroines. Um, And they think the most useless hero is Faramir. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) How incredibly rude. They come into my house and... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, but I can like, see where they're coming from because it, putting... Because, like, Peter Jackson changed his role in the movie for a reason, you know? If if in the two towers you just cut out the entire thing where they go see, you know, where they get captured or whatever by the um the Rangers of the North, it doesn't change the story at all. But it is incredibly important that we're introduced to a character who... Aren't they the Rangers not... of the South? <laughs> influenced by the ring i do think that's an interesting thing to see but making it so that he was somebody who was influenced by the ring in the movie didn't really change anything about his character about the story overall like i i can absolutely see like i love fairmere he is my favorite non-frodo character but i can absolutely see where you could just take him out and doesn't really change anything. these people also put 
Arwen is the number two most useless hero in Lord of the Rings. Never mind, I we're mean, leaving them. They are wrong. Okay, they're not wrong, though. Like, they're wrong! It's just because sexism. Like, yes, okay, granted. She, yes, she is but. useless, and that's a terrible thing. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, well, and especially if we talk about um, extended versus theatrical release. We really, I mean, we talked about this again yeah. last week. Faramir, his role is especially useless if you don't have some of that extra scene and seeing him and his relationship with Boromir. Okay, this is the same website that ranks Frodo as one of the weakest characters in Lord of the Rings. Excuse okay, me. You're wrong. Out. What? Yeah, that's incorrect. They obviously oh, weren't. So- re- they probably didn't read the books. Probably not. They probably yeah. watched it. It's Frodo and then Theoden and then Sam. Theoden? What movies were they watching, though? What, what movies did they watch? Frodo literally starts to take on the powers of the ring. Like, God, this is just proof that, you know, everyone has an opinion and some of them are wrong. <laughs> I thought you were going to say this is just proof that men are the worst. Well, yeah, but I've got to, I mean... I gotta give some benefit to our listeners who have shown up today. Not all men are the worst. Okay, wait. This leads sort of directly into our next question, also from Sin Gremlin, which is, if you could change anything about the movies, what would that be? And we talked about this briefly uh, when we did our Two Towers movie episode, but, like, bring back the version where Arwen goes to uh, to Helm's Deep. Helm's Deep. That's what I would change. I mean, okay, it's really boring, but, man, just add non-white people in somewhere yes i would love that that is honestly like let's add some color and flavor and depth to this like i don't even not even i'm not gonna force you to change the people who are the main roles just have some non-white people in the background if nothing else like god it's the most minimum bare level so I haven't looked too much into the casting that was just announced for the Amazon TV show because I figure we'll talk about that. It's on not an episode. bad. It's not bad. I will say that. Yeah, uh, but I, I, I know that there are people of color in it because I've already seen some responses from butthurt white men <laughs> who are like, "No, this is an English lore thing. You can't have people of color because people of color don't live in England, obviously." Mm-hmm. Um, and I just. <laughs> What is wrong with people? I just want to know. I mean, so I feel like much of this Lord of the Rings show, since it's going to be in Aragorn's timeline, is going to have it? the same problems that Solo had. Yeah. Are we yeah, sure it's about that? Be about a young Aragorn. Well, that was their press release. So unless they've changed their mind, <laughs> we we st- um, who even knows? It's true. They. I mean, God. God only knows at this point. Iluvatar may come swoop in and save us, but history shows that he won't. So we have a young Aragorn story, which is perhaps the most useless story that could be told, but I will still enjoy watching it because it will be Lord of the Rings, and I love Lord of the Rings. I feel like it will be thankless for whoever gets cast in the main roles, because how are they going to compare against what has already been done? Sorry, I'm now just reading... If there's been confirmation, because yeah. I just didn't think it was because the I thought they just well, said second age because the map that they released was a was a second age map. 
which is not. I'm pretty sure I saw confirmation from an Amazon spokesperson that said it was going to feature a young Aragorn. If you're wondering how much ground, okay, for reference, Amazon series, the Amazon series then will actually take place during the Second Age of Middle-earth. Uh, the show will hope. feature the island of Numenor, the home of Aragorn's ancestors. ancestors 20 episodes though. in the series' first season. Ancestors. Yeah, it's, it says rumors swirling that it would center on a young Aragorn, but no. Thank God. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like... We just had the solo movie, and I keep bringing this back to Star Wars, which I know drives Caitlin crazy. But only we just because had the I'm young solo movie, and well, it was just like, uh, how do you cast someone to play a younger Harrison Ford that is just an entirely thankless role? You're never going to please the niche audience that you need to please, and well, it's the same with Viggo Mortensen. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where most of their money was presumably coming from. It's the, the same with Viggo Mortensen. How do you cast a young Viggo Mortensen? And the answer is, you can't. <laughs> Please move on and do a different story. Well, they did. They're going second age. So, Which, we've read The Silmarillion. A lot of shit happens in the second age. Yeah, so who knows? Hopefully, mm. it will be... They've got the same um, artistic director as the person who did Lord of the Rings. So we should have a feeling of continuity, even if we have a much smaller budget. That should be fun. Yeah, and they're still going to be filming in New New Zealand, it looks like. I like that they're going to be... Give anyway, this jobs. is not an episode about... I was trying to save all this talk for later. <laughs> this is yeah. not a let's talk about the TV show. So let's move on. No, but I mean, one of the things that made a lot of people like The Witcher uh, TV show is that just, if nothing else, you had actual diversity in the background yeah and you're like seeing Which women was... in random villages and people of color in random mm. villages and stuff like that we're not saying that the witcher wasn't problematic but it was in fact a lot better than its source material even if that is setting the bar really low yeah i loved 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 the video games well it's not but... based on the video games based on the books no it's based on the books but the books are based on the video games nope i mean well, video games are based on the versa. books Oh, I've had a lot of vodka. All right. More questions or... Let's, or let's do... Or do we have a Smeagol impression? I can do a Smeagol impression. This is our last one, and it is from <laughs> Paul, who does um, Thanks, a podcast Paul. called... Oh, I should have written all this shit down because I've had a lot of alcohol now. I know. I'm on, like, my 10th shot of Him vodka. And his wife do a really good podcast where they seriously talk about children's movies. Oh, that is so much fun. Come yeah. on, Caitlin, what's the name? No, I... D- <laughs> Shit, okay, give me a second, I'll look it up. <laughs> yes. It's called Way Too Seriously. Oh, what a great name. That sounds great. Yeah, and it's really good. And so here is his column impression. Nice habits. We will come with them, find them safe places in the dark. Yes, we will. Oh my god, it's so Where good. Are they going in these hard, cold lands? We wonders. Yes, we wonders. <laughs> Leave me alone. You hurt me. Oh, my poor hands. I. We, we don't want to go back. I can't find it. I'm tired. Why do they make us record Gollum's voice? Oh my god, it's we so good! Not to nasty podcasters. 
Well, that oh needs to be God. our intro now. That <laughs> was so good. That was good. And it, it didn't sound anything like the movie, but it sounded exactly like Gollum. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so good. I did really enjoy how he very specifically made the Gollum noise like a noise, not a word. Mm-hmm. That was very good. So that was fantastic. So uh, those wow, are, thank you so much. Yeah, those were fabulous. All of our submissions. Way better than what we could do. So good. Yeah. And I think that very specifically leads us into this next question, which Emmy has her cursor on, so she gets to ask it. I have my cursor on. Oh, Andrew from Twitter, <laughs> who asked some really good questions, asked, Rabbit, raw or in a stew? And listen, sushi is my favorite food of <laughs> all time. However, I think I still have to say in a stew, particularly one made by Sam. I would, uh, the only way I've eaten rabbit that I'm, aware of anyways was in a pie and it was pretty good so i would actually go with a pie i don't know that i've read uh, that i've read rabbit that i've eaten rabbit yeah i was having the same thought like i've had several types of meat now like i ate reindeer just because i was like when am i ever gonna eat reindeer again yeah and the answer is they keep coming back somehow what is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten the weirdest yeah oh Listen, I still think, and I understand this is not weird for most people, I still think it's really weird to eat octopus. I find it very sad. I mean, I find squid a lot yummier than octopus, but... I just find both of them sad. I'm not saying I won't eat them, but I have feelings about it. Right. Yeah. I've... I mean, yeah, I think I just... I had the opportunity to eat basically a meatloaf of reindeer while in Stockholm. Right. And I was like, I have to do this, because... When else? Yep. Right. Y- you you saying that reminded me of the time that I ate jellyfish. I-, I just love jellies. <laughs> I I don't <laughs> recommend. It was not a pleasant experience for me. But uh, I did it because I was like, now mm-hmm. I can tell people I've eaten jellyfish. Yeah. Well, that's it. If you have the opportunity, you've got to do it. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, taste wise, it they've had cooked it to taste kind of like kimchi. So taste wise, it was fine. It was the the texture was a little, not not to my liking. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've I've only had rabbit in a in like a pie with other like there was some deer and some pheasant in the pie also. So it was so how good. do you know? Well, I just mean the pie was delicious. So <laughs> fair enough. I don't know if that was the rabbit in particular or the nice red wine sauce that it was all smooshed in, but uh. It was really good. I did, of course, eat this in England, so maybe you have to go to England to get some good rabbit. I don't know. I don't know that that's true. I've heard a rumor that... That we have rabbits uh, in North America? No, well, that too. <laughs> I've heard that rumor, mostly from my mother, um, that uh, England does not have good food. Oh, I think that's bullshit. I've eaten some very good food in England. I've never been, See, so I have it, no idea. The thing is, England has great food. They just are kind of like America, where they accept that their food is not actually very interesting, and so they have a lot of amazing food from other cultures. (laughs) See, the thing is, for me, I'm like the most, in my taste of food, I am the most boring white person alive, so good traditional English food is actually my favorite. (laughs) Like, yes, I will take a giant Yorkshire pudding with a roast inside of it, all covered in gravy. (laughs) Yes, please. I will eat that every single fucking day. I mean, I actually won't because I'd get gout. 
but well, yes. <laughs> but you know what I mean. We had oh, I had a lot of lamb when I was in England. Mm-hmm. It's the it only meat good. I won't eat: lamb and veal. I guess there's two meats. Those are different meats. I mean, I don't eat it often meats. because it's depressing from an ethical perspective. But I had some really good lamb in Dublin. It's just so yummy. And anyways, I love English food, and I think I I think it's true that it's kind of bland. Or or it's all kind of similarish, but that doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, no, for sure. So next I question. Love this, I love this great ethical question. It sounds like something <laughs> that Emmy and I would have had to answer in our <laughs> master's degrees as uh, library and information science students. Does Faramir spying on an innocent fishing session constitute an invasion of privacy? Yes, thank you. I immediately thought when Andrew submitted this question, like, oh, I have trained for two years for this. And the answer is yes. I would say no, because Smeagol, Gollum, whatever, is fishing in a pond that belongs to the Rangers of the North. But, but does it belong to them? Does it Did belong they, to do them? they have a deed of sale? <laughs> and also, have they posted signs that said something? Well, American we law and that this is Gondor law are probably two different things. And in Gondor law, the son of the steward who has a fucking bow and arrow in his hands is probably correct. <laughs> Touche. And I think legally speaking, However, it is violence still, doesn't mean you're right. It is still within the bounds of Gondor, theoretically. Yes. I just love this question because I had straight up never thought of it before, which is always my favorite kind of question. And... Yes, Gollum slash Smeagol, Smeagolum, was not technically doing anything wrong from fishing in a pond. I will say, in the movie, Faramir says, you know, you're not allowed to fish in the pond. In the book, it's that he's too close to the cave where they have their secret place. So Secret being the key word, how was he to know he was trespassing? Sure. But what I'm saying is in a time of war, maybe not killing him, but at the very least taking him prisoner so he couldn't tell other people about the secret place. That, <laughs> that the seems... The secret secret place? The secret secret... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry. This is, the, this is the third age secret place, not the first age secret place. No, this so is go- the less Gondolin secret secret place. The less Fair secret enough. secret place. So I don't think that that's an invasion of privacy. And also, if I was um, a fishing in a pond, which... I fucking hate fishing, so that's never going to happen. But if I were, and somebody else saw me fishing in a pond, even if it is just a public pond in the middle of a forest, and they were spying on me, that's not an invasion of privacy. Maybe it's a little creepy, but it's a public pond. Anybody can look at anybody doing anything in the pond. A valid a valid point. That's a good point. Yep. What establishes privacy in Middle Earth? No, I'm kidding. We're not getting into that, but... <laughs> All right, let's move on. Did you still want to do... <laughs> Somebody you, added Andrew. more questions because it's not like we've been recording for two fucking hours. <laughs> no, listen, they just arrived in my Twitter, okay? But did do we, we still want to do, do the, the Mirror the- Mayor last or do we want to do it now? Because I do feel like now the final question is also a deeply philosophical answer. <laughs> All right. No, I want to hear you two do this one. I um, So who's this from? Sorry. Uh, Ashley Marie on Twitter. I had a book question as I was rereading Fellowship last night. What's the story behind Mirror Mirror outside Moria? Rachel, I feel Which like is- you were the one who had this when we did an episode on it. Yeah. So Duran looks in it, right? Duran used it to see things. And 
there was a whole thing like a monument built there because Durin's that was Durin's mirror. Yes. And he would he would use it. I, I'm pretty sure it's implied that he had visions in it, but it was a perfectly clear lake that Durin would look into and see things. Durin the Deathless. And but so I'll... then when they went by it, you know, Gimli knowing about the original Durin who may or may not have been reborn within other dwarves in the future. It's like, this is an extremely important cultural heritage site. And so I need to pause to go look at it. Yes. Gimli Boom. had to look at it. And so did Frodo looked at it. And he's, they both of them, Gimli and Frodo, saw Durin's crown. That was the big thing. Um, but yeah, the, the Mirror Mirror was part of Khazadum, maybe? Mm-hmm. Located in Khazadum, by Khazadum? It, well, it's, it's just outside of Moria, because I think it's also... Was it was it out here or was it the front lake that um, Balin died at? I thought it was coming out toward Maramir. I want to say yes, but I also don't know if I want to say yes because I want you to be right or because it is actually right. But I know it's the source of a river, right? I think rivers I flow from lakes. Anyway. Or they flow into lakes. Both could be true. Anyway, that's the story. <laughs> Yeah, it's not that fascinating, except it is waters that give you visions, which is the coolest thing. And has cultural significance to Gimli. All right. Yeah, fine. Right. Whatever. That part. <laughs> it either gives you visions or just like actually reflects the sky above really clearly. Okay. Because so, it's clean water, which as presumably always, is safe as always, to drink from. Yes. As always, we don't get to know anything about dwarf history. Yeah. So this next question is from Rachel on Twitter, and I assume it's not you, Rachel? Different Rachel. It's not me. And from reading it... This is Rachel who does not like no onions. onions. Rachel, right. no onions. So I feel like this is uh, directed at the movies, not the books, if I'm remembering correctly. So who do you believe is actually right when Smaug attacked Erebor? The dwarves for being pissed at the elves for not helping, or Thranduil for not risking his people? Oh, you mean at the beginning. Okay, when... Yeah. Yep, I got there by the end of the question. Sorry, I've had a lot of... So alcohol. here's the thing. As much as I want to be like, you know, alliances are important and you could have fought off this fire-breathing dragon, Thandril's not wrong for not, like, going forth to kill hundreds, if not thousands, of his people against a dragon who had presumably already established a type of supremacy over the Lonely Mountain. So I'm cool with them not, you know, helping take down the dragon, but they could have stuck around and helped the dwarves escape. And it is implied... In the movie, that they just watch the dwarves being murdered and turn away. Now, whether or not. Also, in the movie, I've got questions because that seems like a really long way to walk to just turn around. But okay. But I don't know. But even in the books, like, they don't help at all. They, I mean, they do the opposite of help when they come back, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. But I don't, I genuinely don't know how that played out in what Tolkien actually wrote because I don't remember it. Is one of you like rubbing something over your mic? No, sorry, I was fixing my hair, and also I'm really, really, really drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I just had a moment when I was fixing my ponytail where I thought, I'm going to fall backwards off of my chair, which seems really (laughs) unlikely, but also, wow, my sense of balance is gone. (laughs) Okay, Uh, so I don't remember anything in the book about how that all played out in the first time, in the first, in the... You know what I'm saying? The time that it happened? Yeah. Yeah. But so going off what we see in the movie, I don't think he's wrong for not attacking the dragon, but I do think he's wrong for not helping the dwarves escape to a safe place. It's true. They were pretty shitty. I'm getting more crackers. All right. We should should jump ahead to 
Yes. This question, so we can do the last <laughs> two together. Um, okay. Oh, I'm which out is- of crackers. I just have salt. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's so sad. So, how would the fellowship have gone differently if Fatty Bulger had gone with them? So, you- for one, <laughs> there would have been a lot more fat jokes, and it would have been gross. You know what? That's true. That's very true. I did appreciate his offer, though. I feel like we don't know enough about Fatty Bulger to know how he would react on the quest. Which is funny, because I mean, they like, spent 17 years together. <laughs> I do think that he is kind of like the Hurley of the group. You know, Elaborate. so maybe... Well, Hurley from Lost. Oh, so, okay. So, okay. in that... In not, And I don't make that comparison because they're both kind of larger people. I mean that he... If he had gone on the quest, he might have been like a, a voice of reason but also like good cheer you know keeping everybody going As all fat people must be yes no i totally get you well they, that's just sort of how he was written that's unfortunately. how fiction is mm-hmm. yeah. yeah no that's the role in fiction that's left to us and we already had that with mary and pippin so we did to a degree but like maybe if he'd gone with sam and frodo they could have had some happiness with them not just yeah. not just call them. oh oh that's so true we could have divided more evenly along our quest lines but if he had gone with, then we would have had not the nice number nine when leaving <laughs> from Rivendell. And so an even um, number I want to ask the question instead. If Fatty Bulger went along with the Fellowship, who would have been left out? Oh, I mean, it's Pippin. Piano I was going to say, Pippin. I feel like it's Pippin. I mean, Boromir's the extra man. I know, right? But I feel like Pippin is... I actually really like the idea... That they form this fellowship of nine with five hobbits and and no Boromir. And then Boromir is just like, I'm actually going to walk home to Gondor. Can I just travel? Can we just go together? And I, I'm not a part of your fellowship. <laughs> I'm just like an add-on who you're keeping safe. <laughs> there you go. I mean, the other option is they leave story. Aragorn, which is hilarious. I love this image, right? Because <laughs> Aragorn technically, right? Okay, Gimli is close enough to being a superior, you know, dwarf from Erebor. Yes. Um, realistically speaking, Legolas is an elvish prince. Boromir is the son of the steward. If we ignore the fact, you know, like, Aragorn is technically royalty, but he's not been in power with his family for thousands of years. Technically speaking, he's the one to leave behind. <laughs> Technically speaking. Yeah, he could stay safe in Rivendell like he has the rest of his life. <laughs> like, it wouldn't have gone well or have been a good story. But it could Although, have happened. You know, if Tolkien had made it a good story, because the, like, secret king in waiting, you know, goes on an adventure thing was, like, like a huge thing in fantasy because of Lord of the Rings, like, he could have changed fantasy. Like, he would have. Like, it would have been different. Very different genre. Oh my god, the Bulgariad would have been completely different. <laughs> I mean, thank fucking Christ, right? I mean, shut up. We're not having this talk. <laughs> yes, god, that m- book series was such a problem. But I love them still. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. I don't I have mean, the nostalgia factor. It was rough. I love things that are very problematic also, so I'm not here to god. judge. I'm just here to make fun. I cannot break this wine glass. It's a Waterford. Put it down, Emmy. <laughs> Put it down. Okay, wait. I know we we're recording a very long time, and we keep getting more questions. But uh, <laughs> we Kate do. Sent another one, and it's really good. 
If you had to pick a canon naked scene to make it into the movies, which one would you pick? <laughs> Whatever one Richard Armitage gets naked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God, it's hard to say because I don't remember that many from the book. It's just really anyone would have been a great addition to the movie series. How did we get a series like The Witcher in which he is naked in a bath every like six or seven chapters? And then we get one like Lord of the Rings in which we know they do need to bathe and yet they never do. It's a tragedy. I mean, to be fair, uh, Geralt was cast to be, well. To be naked? Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, canon naked scenes. I honestly at this point can't think of any, but if there are any with Baron and Luthien, I feel like that would elevate their romance to the next level. I mean, we talked about how they must have been doing it in the woods. (laughs) Yes. Good times. So, yeah, because then as our fan cast, Gemma Chan and Pedro, Pedro Pascal, I mean, that would be Ugh! so good. That would be some good times for everyone. <laughs> oh. Oh. Maybe not them. I, I don't know how they feel about naked scenes. <laughs> I don't either. They get a choice. Consent is important. Yes, of course. They could always but get body they doubles. They don't get and to as choose as whether or not they cast because they're in this movie now. They yeah, don't have a choice. They're the best. Mm-hmm. All right. I feel like we should now get to our very last question. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, is that the one? The two in conjunction. Yep. Yes. So the most, uh, let's start with the first one, which I feel encompasses a broad, a broader picture. Who is Tom Bombadil? The evil Lord we all deserve. Yep. <laughs> yep. Future master of all Middle Earth. Okay, I feel but- like he's Iluvatar's biggest mistake, but okay. <laughs> Iluvatar's biggest mistake. Oh my god, you're right, though, because he must have come from Iluvatar. What did Iluvatar Everything mean does. when he made Tom Bombadil? Okay, no, wait, wait, but if you had to very seriously, without getting into any of this, like, in-depth lore, explain who and what Tom Bombadil was, and why some weirdos get upset that he's cut out of all the movies, what would you, how would you do that? I would describe him as Henry David Thoreau. <laughs> I don't have an accurate picture of Henry David Thoreau in my mind. Like, it, I mean, Walden's I, Pond. Okay, it's like we I know the it na- it's like I know the name, but I don't. Yeah, he's a literary figure. Don't goes really to live in the woods, it. but is actually super posh. Yeah, no, he but, lived but in I don't his own think cabin. Tom is super posh. He's not living in hardship either. I guess. But I just want to know who makes their home that close to what is essentially a cemetery, right? The Barrow Downs are a cemetery. And, like, just decides, I'm going to hang out here and defeat the forces of evil whenever they come to my yard, but oh my I'm not God. going to venture any further. He's like an ant in that way. Emmy? What? Emmy? No. Tom Bombadil is hosier. Oh! <laughs> oh! Lives in the woods near a cemetery. I do actually think that he could play him, because that is the <laughs> next question. Uh, who could play Tom Bombadil in a way that doesn't make him seem ridiculous? And I don't know if Hosier can act, but looks-wise, at he least... He doesn't need to act. He doesn't need to act. Well, Let's yep. be clear. One would he argue just be himself. to act as a character. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, he would just be playing himself. Um, Honestly, whenever I picture Pom Bombadil, I picture whoever played Hagrid, whose name I can't remember. Robbie Coltrane. Yeah. Nicely I feel done. like Hosier could also play Goldberry. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, also Florence Welch. Mm. It's true. So there's this really great headcanon in the internet sphere in which, you know, Florence is Hades and Hosier is Persephone. And I could get behind that 100%. I mean, I think Florence would make a better uh, Galadriel. 
I think that Florence could play a ring and still be, you know, nominated <laughs> for Best Actress. I mean, we've never seen her act in anything. She is a singer, so we don't we don't know that she's any good at that. No, but she should be in a um. Oh, what's his face? Who did the paintings of um Ophelia and the Lady Macbeth one? What? Okay, <laughs> they might be separate artists. I'm with you. It's fine. You know what I mean, though. The only painting of Ophelia that ever comes to mind is the one with her in the river. Yeah. And I don't know who painted that, but yeah. Dead ladies. Thanks, bro. Anyway, I mean, mean, she's she's just very of that vibe. I mean, what her mother is like a medievalist, so it works. Um, The other, I I got on the train of following Hosier, and I was thinking, um, what's his face of Bon Iver would be a good Tom Bombadil. Because he's, you know, Wisconsin woodsman. It's true. Hipster. That's the vibe. That is the vibe. Oh, no. I hate his face. <laughs> I'd never seen it before. So I just looked it up and I'm like, oh, but, God. No. Caitlin, I got to tell you, is that the wrong reaction to Tom Bombadil? I, I guess. No, I guess. I guess. <laughs> but I, I don't want to see it on screen. Like, thank God he went into music where you don't need to see his face. Ouch. I'm sorry. He just looks like every pretentious fucking asshole i've ever known exactly he's a woods hipster Ugh, i suppose um i mean i guess richard armitage (laughs) (laughs) richard armitage for everyone i mean richard armitage would make an interesting luthien (laughs) yes (laughs) okay i think we're all kind of winding down here we are you know what i realized i forgot a question Oh, fuck off. Oh, no. No, guys, this is a deep and philosophical question. What is your favorite thing about the movies that are 100% wrong, right, in regards to what is something they changed from the books that you like a lot? And honestly, I know we just talked about it, but I think mine has to be that they made Helm's Deep a series of caves and sort of like the end of all things. Like, this is as far as Rohan could go before they all died. Right. The movies changed that from the books where they were supposed to be this glittering castle built into the mountain. They're supposed to be halls and wings and fabulously finished architecture. And instead, in the movies, we got caves and one final passageway out into the mountains. So I feel like it's been a very, very I mean, it has definitely been a very long time since I read Return of the King. So my memory might be wrong here, but I seem to recall that all of the Battle of the Pelennor Fields is told from Pippin's point of view as he hangs out with some kids on the streets of, of Minas Tirith. What? What? From what is a vague memory, it's been a very long time. And so I think actually changing that to a big battle scene was the best <laughs> decision they could make. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, I, I could be wrong. Because you do, you do get like Eowyn and Mary's point of view, obviously, because you have to have that and things. But I just, I feel like a lot, we, you get a lot of Pippin hanging out with some kids and how they're having to be moved around the city as the orcs move into the city and that sort of thing. And it, from what I recall, I did not feel very, I did not feel the threat in when I was reading yeah. it. Um, I mean, that would definitely make sense. So I'm interested to read that because it is, it's coming up pretty quick. When we get into Return of the King. Yeah. Ooh, doo, doo, doo. I mean, close. I'm just, I'm still mad about how the movie's made Legolas seem so much more petty. <laughs> I know. With Gimli. Like, it was funny, but also, man, in the books, it's touching. Right, like, lean into their friendship. Lean in. He brings him to the West with him. Boyfriends. 
I mean, even if yeah. they're not, okay, even if they're not, platonic relationships are important too. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to belittle right. that, but like just God. make them really truly. I mean, I guess it makes it the the whole scene in the movie with like, what about dying side by side with a friend? You know, significant. I just didn't feel structure, they really earned like, it, right? Like, come on, they could have earned that a little bit more. And I understand that they had a lot going on, and the story that they really needed to tell was Frodo's and Aragorn's. So I get that. <laughs> I didn't even mean that in a. I meant the Frodo storyline and the Aragorn storyline. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Right. Sorry. Um. For everything to make sense there at the end, and for you to like care that. Aragorn became king and all that sort of thing. So I understand why it was way cut down, but it just sucks that we, <gasps> it just sucks that we didn't get their whole st- their whole friendship and let them be friends and not be competing. The alcohol is putting yep. me to sleep now. All, all right. right. So, oh, I have a sign off. Yeah. Thanks for hanging out with us. And if you like our drunken ramblings. You can check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash so you want to read Tolkien. You can tweet us at to read Tolkien. You can email us at want to read Tolkien at gmail.com and I'm just going to say that's it. I've been Kaylin. I've been Rachel. I've been Emmy. And we're all going to go sleep off our drunk. I hope you do the same. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>